Welcome back, man. Here's our buddy from Afghanistan, right? Afghanistan. Oh, we're just glad to have you back. Bless you. Thank God you made it back. Hallelujah. I told you you would, huh? Yeah, hallelujah. Bless you, buddy. Thank you for serving our country there. Um, uh, September 11th at 6.30, men's meeting. If any of you men have any certain topics you would like us to speak on, uh, please uh, put it in the boxes in the back. And you don't even have to sign your names so nobody know who it is. And uh, bring finger foods and have a good time this coming Friday at 6.30. And then our college and career ministry called C20, uh, Bible Study at Food and Fun, will be September 14th at 6.30 here at Word of Grace. Uh, they're all in the youth right now, but you can see Sister Joy Massey about that. And that's September 14th at 6.30. And that's the college and the career called C20. So I want to just get the calendar and make sure you see about those different things. This coming Sunday morning, Sunday night, we'll be here at Sunday School 9. And regular service at 10.30, we'll be here Sunday night. And God's going to be speaking, ministering in a special way. Amen. Uh, Mark chapter 12, just want to read this to you. Just appreciate you being here, and I want to share this with you. In Mark chapter 12, verse 29, this is the message translation. Jesus said the first in importance is talking about the commandments. Listen, o Israel, the Lord your God is one. So love the Lord. I love this in the message. It says, so love the Lord your God with all your passion. Say that word with me. Passion. With all your passion. And then the second thing here in the message, it says, and all of your prayer. And then it says, all of your intelligence. And then it says, with all of your energy. And I know you may be here tonight and you say, I don't have any energy, but I'm here. Well, you know what? You use that little bit of energy and discipline to be here tonight. And Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all of your passion. Let my passion for God and his word and for prayer be more, and bless you, than any other passion. And then it says, prayer and intelligent and energy. And then the second course is love your neighbor as yourself. And then later on it says, and in loving him with all passion, it says it again, in loving him with all passion and intelligence and energy and loving others as well as you love yourself, why, that's better than an offering and sacrifices put together. Your highest worship, your highest praise is, is, is sacrificing and love the Lord with all of your passion, all of your prayer, all of the word. And then I love this, how it says it in the message. Then Jesus realized how insightful he was. He said, you're almost there, right on the border of God's kingdom. And I was thinking, you know what? We are, everybody here on Wednesday night, we're... The one, we, we love to study the Word of God. We, we love to seek the Word of God. And, and we're passionate about God. You wouldn't be here on a Wednesday night if you weren't passionate about God and the things of God. And wouldn't it be awesome for the Holy Spirit to tell you in your prayer time, do you know what? You're right on the border of getting into an area in the Spirit and in the intelligence and the understanding of the Word that you have never been before. You know, we're coming into the new Jewish New Year. New year. Next Friday is the brand new New Year. 1677, it's got two sevens in it. And it is, it's going to be digging up new wells. 
And some of, we, we have seen in this church the completion of this last Jewish New Year, what it meant for. We've seen it happen in this church. We have came out of some things and we've made a breakthrough and we've come into new area. This year ended, this Jewish New Year has ended for word of grace like none other, none other has. So now we know we're stepping into the new year and that it's going to be new whales. It's going to be new identities. But some of you are on the border of new revelation and passion and prayer and intelligence and energy. There's going to be an energy in your prayer because there's going to be a passion. And so the Holy Spirit's going to be coming to you in your prayer time, in your study time. And He's going to be asking you, what are you passionate about? And then you'll be able to say, Lord, if you want to know my passion, this is my passion. And he's going to say, okay, well, let's get together and let's do it together. Let me do it with you. And so I want to encourage you with that word that uh, I want you to just meditate on these things. Loving him with all passion, intelligence, energy, and loving others as you love yourself so that we can be right on the border. How many want to go all the way? Amen. So with us, just come forward. We'll, we'll receive tonight's offerings and tithe. Lord, we just praise you that you are worth all the passion. Thank you that come from you all the intelligence. Thank you, Lord, for giving us a spirit of prayer and intercession and supplication. Thank you that we're passionate about the things that you're passionate about. And Lord Jesus said the second thing most important is to be passionate about first you and second people. And thank you for the passion that you're building within our hearts to better love and to instruct and to build. And thank you, Lord, that you're giving us, you're making, you're giving us a passionate heart over the things that concern you. So, Lord, just bless your people tonight. Bless the gift and the giver. Thank you for those who are here. Bless their lives. And those who couldn't be here, we ask you to bless them. Those who are going through battles right now, we pray for encouragement. We pray for courage for the battle. We pray for their victory. And we praise you that their outcome is being victorious. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. If you agree with me, shout amen. 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 God bless you. This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. Your holy presence living in me. This is my daily bread. This is my daily bread, your very word spoken to me, and I, I am desperate for you. without you and I I'm desperate for you and I 
song amen hallelujah we're glad you're here tonight I want to share just a few things with you I believe that where the Holy Spirit is leading us so if you have your Bibles let's go to the book of Acts chapter 2 Acts chapter 2 Wednesday night is Bible study discipleship night we want to be disciples of Jesus the Holy Spirit of the Word of our Heavenly Father and there's always things to learn amen so thank God we're teachable, we're humble, in the presence of the Holy Spirit to teach us. And I want you to see here, Acts chapter 2, 22, are you there? It says uh, in Acts chapter 2, verse 22, Men of Israel, hear these words. Hey, Sister Dorothy, how you doing, sweetheart? Good to see you. Glory, it's been a while, good to see you. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth. A man approved by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know. And it said in, in, in the uh, living, it says, uh, God publicly endorsed Jesus. Endorsed Jesus. And the message says, a man thoroughly accredited by God if you're taking notes write down those words approved endorsed and accredited by God I believe that is going to be the last day's remnant that arise in a mighty way and one of the things that caught my attention 
Jesus, being perfect, said that he was approved. And in many of the Apostle Paul's letters, in Colossians, in 1 Corinthians, and in Timothy, and other areas, it talks about being approved by God, of God, endorsed by God. And you know, there's so many people today, they want to be endorsed by this company or that company. We, the body of Christ, we daughters and sons of the Most High God, if it was important to Jesus to be accredited, approved, and endorsed by His Father, how much more should it be important for you and I? I want to live this life with all my heart knowing and desiring that I am approved by God in what I do and how I act and what I say. I want to know that He accredits me. That when I pray in the name of Jesus, devils do obey. Why? Because I'm accredited by God. I'm endorsed by God. When I pray, when I seek His Word, when I anoint with oil, when we pray and lay hands upon the sick, I want to know that I am doing this endorsed by God. And He says, they that believe in my name shall cast out devils, shall lay hands on the sick, and praise God, they shall recover. Amen. But I, I think many times that we live an area of undisciplined and an area of not being so focused on being, you know what, I want to be it. Lord, make me approved by you today. And I believe that was the heart of Jesus when he said, it's about the glory of the Father, that the glory of God may be revealed. Not my will be done, but thy will be done. And if you have your Bibles, just, you don't have to look it up, but in Acts 10.38 it says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit who went around doing good. And I believe that He was anointed and God was with Him, not only because He was perfect, but He was approved or He was endorsed by God. You know, when you talk to certain companies, they're not going to endorse just anybody. They're not going to approve just anybody. If, any, if you've ever gotten a life insurance, you can offer to pay the monthly premium. But when you get above 40, how many above 40? Don't raise your hand. But when you get above 40, uh, they're, you know, they're not, the, the rates go up. And they want to know your cholesterol. They want to know your heart. They want to know all your history. Because before they approve to cover you in case something happens to you, they want to make sure you're going to be around a long time so you can put a lot of money in their bank. Well, do you know, we have to understand that we have to be approved by God. And so there's three areas I want to speak to you if we have time tonight. I want you to write these three words down. First of all, there's the word discipline. We have to be disciplined to be approved by God. And then the second word is purpose. We have to realize that even before we were born, before you were born, there was a purpose already preordained for your life. And then the third word would be integrity. Integrity. And so I want to look at these words and I want to see this divine plan of God and that we want to operate in His plan. So how many of you know, to walk in these areas, to be approved by God, we're not going to... Listen, I believe, I want God to wreck my life up more than He's ever wrecked it before. And where He's been bringing me, and where I've been walking with Him, I pray that God is causing the church to walk with Him in some of those same areas. That, Lord, I want to be pleasing in Your sight. How many have been praying that more than ever before? I mean, as we've been preaching Sunday after Sunday, the Lord's just having me been teaching on repentance and, and sin, which churches don't do anymore. But it's in the Word. And then Sunday night, I'm preaching on hell, heaven, and eternity. 
God's told me, I want you, you want to preach on the end times? Preach on eternity. Heaven or hell, you choose. There's no middle ground. And we're going to be speaking. Just in John alone, there's 24 times the word eternity is used. I mean, he's been bringing these things up because, and stirring me up because I believe he's wanting to make himself a bride that's prepared. And for his purpose. And for his plan. And we want to be held accountable. Lord bless you. Tell somebody. Accountable. In our hearts and our souls and our mind. About how we're living. I want to be held accountable to God. That I'm living for his purpose. And that I'm living a disciplined life. And that I'm being as pleasing to God that I can be. And I believe that he is bringing the body into that area. Where I want to be accountable to the Holy Spirit. I don't want to grieve him. I don't want to quench him. I want to live acceptable in him. And there is so many ways we can try to make pattern our walk where, well, you know, I just, I live in grace, Brother Russell. You know, God forgives my sins. All I do is repent. But, but I believe that there's a deeper walk. I want to be approved by God. I don't want to be hanging by a string. I want God to say, this is my beloved son and daughter in whom I am well pleased. I, I credit this person. I endorse this person. I am pleased with this person. And I believe that that is what God is wanting to do with our life. So guess what? That means that we're going to be living beyond our own limitations. We're going to be living out of our comfort zone and moving into a new area. Amen. Now God approved Jesus of Nazareth. When he uses Jesus of Nazareth, he speaks about God approved of the natural man. He approves of the natural man and the natural woman. And that means, if you're taking notes, that means that you're called to be an influencer. For him to approve of you means that he's going to use you to influence others about the way. He is the way. And so you're an inspiration. You're a motivation. Say, I'm a motivation. Look at your neighbor. And just tell him, don't judge me by my face. I'm a motivator. I'm a motivator. Tell him, I'm an influencer. And they're thinking, you know, I never would have read that about you. Well, you know, I ain't trying to be pleasing to you. I'm pleasing to God. I'm a motivator. I'm an inspiration. You're the inspiration. Amen. So anyway, our plan is to help others. Now, I'm going to give you some definitions tonight of the requirements to be pleasing to God. And I want you to write down the word discipline. And I'm going to give you some, some uh, definitions of the word discipline that speaks of virtue being the top priority. And somebody said this, to conquer or to inherit the world, we must first conquer ourselves. How many heard that before? Before we go out, you know, so many people say, man, I'm going to go and win everybody at work. Well, are you one? I'm going to go to work and I'm going to show them what I believe is the truth. Well, are you living the truth? For them to believe the truth, you're proclaiming is real. Pleasing to God. I'm going to conquer the world, but have I conquered myself? Have I conquered my passions? Have I conquered my, 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 my attitude? Have I conquered areas of my temperament that are weak? And so what is discipline? It's the Greek word E-N-K-R-A-T-E-I-A. E-N-K-R-A-T-E-I-A. And I want to give you this uh, some of the definition here. The word discipline means to exercise self-control. To exercise self-control. And this is important. It means abstinence from anything that's excess. It's excessive. It's, it's too much in proportion. Too much used. Abstinence from excesses. 
The word discipline means to be steadfast. To be steadfast. That's what he's asked us to be, steadfast. And listen to this definition of it. It means having a balanced life. And, and write this down so you can pray about this. Having a balanced life without falling into the extremes. Wow. Wisdom. Having a balanced life without falling into the extremes. For example, there's a lot of people who say, well, you know, we're supposed to eat healthy, so that means no more red meat, no more this, just a vegetarian. Well, a lot of times when people go into vegetarian, they don't look too healthy to me. They need a little bit of, they need a little, they need a little bit of meat or a little bit of lamb or a little bit of goat. Sometimes they need a little bit of pork. Amen. But anyway, uh, even though that may not be the healthiest, but, some, but they don't look all that healthy anyway. So I think sometimes you just need to go through Burger King and order a Whopper and French fries and, 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 and once a month, okay? Amen. You agree with me, brother? Extreme. Uh, okay, I got another one in agreement. But how many of you know? You can watch TV in extreme, in excess. You can sleep to excess. You want to discipline yourself. I mean, sometimes there's a price to pay. I mean, for example, you know, I know I don't quite look like Rocky, but I'm trying. But, you know, I have to be at the gym at a quarter to seven. If I'm, if I'm going to do what I have to do, I've got to be there at a quarter to seven. Well, you know what? It would be easy just to sleep in. But I don't get the results I'm desiring, and I know that my body needs three times a week at least to be at the gym, so I've got to be at the gym at a quarter to seven. Well, you know what? I like to sleep. So I've got to choose. Am I going to take care of the temple of the Holy Spirit? Or am I just going to let the, Spirit, the temple of the Holy Spirit go to pot? Huh? Amen? Are y'all enthusiastic about this? Discipline. Discipline. And so I'll talk about that a little bit. But it means our nature, our, na our nature automatically likes to live to extremes. And so I'm either going to be radical or cold. Not controlled by fleshly desires or passions. Not to be a slave of vices or wrong conduct. Not given to gluttony or excessive sleeping. And uh, so I got a few things here. Let me read this to you. Character does not reach its best until it is controlled, harnessed, and disciplined. What's wrong with my character? Why doesn't God do something with my character? Well, learn to harness that baby. Amen. Fast and pray. Listen to this now. Dieting is merely a matter of keeping your mouth shut at the right time, such as breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I don't understand. I'm gaining all of this weight. Well, I wonder how much of a fiesta you're having when you sit down at the plate. Now listen to this one. Being on a diet requires great want power. Want power. Successful dieting requires that you do the opposite of baseball players. Stay away from the plate. Discipline yourself so others won't have to. One sure way to test your willpower is to see a friend with a black eye and not ask them any questions how he got it. How many of you know you want to study willpower? Learn, learn and try to keep your mouth shut when everything inside of you wants to say something. You want to say something. 
You want to help them. And God knows your heart is good and you want to help them. But yet they're not asking for your help. So willpower kicks in and says, unless they ask me, I will not say nothing. Willpower. Human beings have all the willpower. Human beings have willpower while a mule has want power. How many of you know they talk about mules being hard-headed? Well, how many of you know sometimes we can be hard-headed too? So we got to understand that discipline speaks of being strong and being in control. Someone who knows how to control and dominate areas of our life. That's very important. Look with me at some scriptures in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I believe we, the body of Christ, we need discipline. Doesn't the Bible say that Jesus went away while it was still nighttime and he got up early in the morning and went away and found a quiet spot to be alone with the Father. Doesn't the Word teach us that? Now, Jesus, who was perfect and from the Father, if he found it important to do those type of things and be disciplined to do it, how many of you know we should be disciplined and we need to get away to be alone with God? Now, let me show you here in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 25 and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline, shout out, discipline. I discipline my body and bring it into subjection least when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Now, I've shared with you the importance about being accepted by God. Paul brings out not only about being accepted and winning, but he brings out the word about being disqualified. And he talks about being in the ministry and even at the, getting to the end of his ministry and still being disqualified. That means we will never be at a comfort zone in our lives, brothers and sisters. We can never say, I'm okay, I've got it together, I've written so many books, I've, I've worked for the Lord so many years. We will not finish till the preacher is doing our eulogy. Amen. None of us will arrive. We will always be learning. We will always be changing. We will always be transformed. But we got to see this. He says to contend for the victory. It means to fight or to wrestle. It means persevering even when I'm tempted. Persevering, fighting, even when I'm being tempted to quit. It means, look with me, uh, amid temptation and opposition. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6. He says, I discipline my body. Say that with me. I discipline. Say that out loud. Say it loud. Say, I discipline my body. Say it again. I discipline my body. And I'm going to show you one of the words Paul uses. He's pretty rough. He says he leaves his body black and blue. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 11. 1 Timothy 6 verse 11. But you, O oh man of God, you daughter of God, flee, shout out flee. flee. Flee these things and pursue, fight for righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. He says, discipline yourselves in these areas. Well, you know, God just didn't give me patience. Well, pursue it. 
and get it. God didn't give me gentleness. Bless God, I'm Scottish, and I'll let you know right now, He didn't give me gentleness. Or I'm French, or I'm Indian, or whatever. No, you're a child of the Most High Living God. And you're born again to, approve, to be approved by Him. So He says, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. Verse 12, fight the good fight of faith. Fight. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Verse 13, I urge you in the sight of God, in the sight of God who gives life to all things and before Christ Jesus who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pontius Pilate. Verse 14, that you keep this commandment without spot. Keep this commandment without spot, blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ appearing when he will manifest his own time. He who is the blessed and the only potent, the King of kings and the Lord of lords who alone has immortality, dwelling in unapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see, to whom be honor and everlasting power. Amen. Wow. Keep yourself what? Blameless. Amen. Now look at 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. He said, fight the good fight of faith. Now look what it says. I have fought the good fight. I have fought the good fight. I have fought the good fight. You know what? I don't want to only say that at the end of my life. I want to say that at the end of every day. Amid the temptations and opposition... Even though I had temptation today, and even though I had opposition today, hallelujah, I fought the good fight of faith. Amen, church. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Verse 8. Finally, there is laid it for me. Here he talks about the crown again, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Be diligent to come to me quickly. For Demas has forsaken me. He talked about these who are forsaken. And he's talking about uh, continuing until the end. Now this word here, fighting the good fight of faith, it means by taking great pains. Now a lot of people don't want to pay the price or, be, or go through any type of pain. But it says you, by taking great pains, it means to make every effort to achieve the goal. Write that down. My goal to achieve is to be approved by God. I want to be approved by Him. I want to run and live this life to where He'll be able to say, you're well-pleasing in my sight. You did things in my sight not, when nobody else was seeing. You got along with me and you spent time with me and you weren't doing it to please man, you were doing it to please me. Look with me in Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13. I want to give you some scriptures about this tonight. Luke 13, verse 23. Luke 13, verse 23. Great pains. Making every effort to achieve the goal. Luke 13, verse 23. Then one said to him, Lord, are there few who are saved? And he said to them, Verse 4, strive, shout that out with me, strive, say it again, strive, 
The, new, the Living Translation says, work hard, work hard. Strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I say to you, will seek to enter and will not be able. Mm. Will not be able, will not be approved by me. Look at Philippians chapter 3. Strive. It's not angels floating around on clouds with harps. We think we're able to float around on clouds with harps. But how many of you know through much trial and tribulation do we enter into the kingdom of God? Philippians chapter 3 verse 12. I know the people don't believe that and teach that much in some circles. But it's in the word of God. Philippians chapter 3 verse 12. But what he says he's learned. For I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry. Both to abound and to suffer need. And then verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How many are thankful for the strength of God? Amen. Now look at Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 1. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 1. Hebrews 4 verse 1 it says, Therefore, since a promise remains of entering to his rest, let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. I don't want to come short of nothing. Amen, church. How many are with me? I don't want to come short of nothing. We read for the offering, Jesus told the disciple, you're on the border of getting into it. You're right on the border of a revelation. I don't want to come short of anything. He says, be careful. Fear, at least any of you come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them. Not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. For we who believe do enter into that rest as he said. So I swore in my wrath. They shall not enter into my rest. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he has spoken in a certain place, seventh day in this way. And God rested in the seventh day from all of his works. And again, in this place, they shall not enter into my rest. Since therefore it remains that some must enter it, into it. And those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience. They were not disciplined. They were not disciplined. They lived a life like they wanted to. Verse 7 says, Again, he designates a certain day, saying in David, Today, after such a long time as it has been said, Today, if you will hear his voice and do not harden your hearts, for if Joshua had given them rest, they would not have afterward have spoken of another day. There remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God. Amen? Amen. For he who has entered into his rest has himself also ceased from both his works, as God did from his ways. Verse 11. Here we go. Verse 11. Let us, therefore, be Diligent. Somebody shout out diligent. 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 Let us therefore be diligent to enter into that rest. Obey the word of God. Lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. There it is. There, there, there it is in the word. There it is in the word. The possibility of falling short. 
A possibility of, of not getting to that position where that place of rest is that place of approval by the Father, by God. Look at another scripture with me. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians 1 verse 29. What was the passion of Paul? Here it is in Colossians 1 29. To this end I also labor. Somebody shout out labor. Striving. Somebody shout out striving. Labor. Striving according to his working which works in me mightily. He says this is why I work and struggle and work so hard. Work so hard. I've had people say, why do you you, want to work so hard? Why don't you just relax? Why why do you have to read the Bible every day? Why do we have to go to church two, three times a week? Why do we have to be faithful? Why do we, why do we, why do we? It's because my eyes is upon the goal. And he did so much for me. I want to do everything I can for him. He gave it all for me. I want to give it all to him. He didn't come and save me an easy way. It took everything he had. He bled sweat and tears for me. He took the crowns. He took the beating. He took the opposition. He took the rejection. He took everything for me. Now, am I not able to take this for his glory? I work hard and I strive to do the best I can for he who gave me his all. I'm not asking for an easy Christianity. I'm not asking for him to win all my battles for me. If I have to go through a little bit of suffering, if I have to go through a little bit of hardship, then let it come. But let him get the glory out of it because at the end I'm going to say, it's not me. I cannot say I won this victory. It's the Spirit of Christ alive on the inside of me who calls me to conquer and do this. It's not because I'm special. It's because he's special. And he paid a special price for me. Now this is old time religion. And I keep going back to old time religion. But this is what the old timers had. And this is the reason the old men of God weren't having affairs like the new men of God are. This is why a blind woman could write thousands of hymns and preach the gospel in front of the White House, unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why the old timers had something real. They had iron in their soul and they didn't apologize for anything concerning the gospel because their goal was to work hard and to please the one who called them. I, man didn't call me. Man didn't put me in this office. The king of kings did. And I'm not working for man. I'm working for God Almighty. There's a big difference between working for man and being pleasing to man and sounding good to man and working for God. Because we are all going to make it to heaven. Not only through the sacrifice of Christ, but by striving and working hard and standing before him on on that day unashamed because I have done my best and I was disciplined. Let me give you one more verse here. Chapter 4, verse 12. Chapter 4, verse 12. This is still Colossians, huh? Colossians. We were just in chapter 1, verse 29. Now it's Colossians 4, verse 12. Listen to what it says. This is the new living. It says, He always prays earnestly for you, asking God to make you strong and perfect, fully confident, That you are following the whole will of God. 
Verse 13 says, I can assure you that he prays hard for you. What does this say he does? He prays hard. He prays hard. You come to intercession. You're not going to hear some little bitty prayer. Oh, God, help our poor little suffering sheep. You're not going to hear us pray that way. Holy Spirit of God, infusion them. These prayer needs, in the name of Jesus, infusion them with the strength and the power and the desire to conquer the addictions and conquer the temptations. We pray that you infuse them with the Holy Spirit and with the anointing that is able to lift the burden, destroy the yokes. We come against the works of the enemy in the name of Jesus. We come against the working of infirmity and sickness and disease. And we come against you in the authority and the power of the name of Jesus. And we declare healing to their body, healing to their souls, healing to their mind, healing to their emotions. Satan, we rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ that you set these captives free because Christ has come to set them free. And we stand according to the Word of God. You see, we work hard. We get here and we sweat. And we work hard. And we labor. And we pray hard. And we pray fervently. We don't want to pray. If somebody prays over us, we don't want, Lord, just help them. No, Jesus, we pray for an anointing come upon them. As the Spirit of God came upon Samson. And even though the enemy surrounded him and they were going to use him to mock the glory of Jehovah. Lord, let the Spirit of God come upon my brother and let the Spirit of God come upon my sister that even though they're in between the columns of the temple of Dagon, the temple of drugs, the temple of sex, the temple of pornography, the temple of adultery, the temple of lying, the temple of gluttony, whatever they're in the midst of, we ask for the Spirit of God to come upon them. Even though the enemy has been mocking and ridiculing and calling them a loser and calling them a no count and everything else that he can we call the words of the enemy a liar in the name of Jesus and right now may the spirit of God flood them and may the spirit of God cause them to break down the pillars of the enemy that they will walk out of that place free in Jesus name hard striving when I go in my boys' bedrooms, I don't pray, oh God, they're so bad, help them. No, I war with the devil. You're not going to have my boys. You're not going to have my marriage. You're not going to have my home. You're not going to have my church. You're not going to have my peace. You're not going to have my joy. You're not going to rob me of that crown. You're not going to trip me in this race. I may fall in this race, but I'm getting back up and I'm going to run right over your head in the authority of the name of Jesus. We want a Cadillac ride to heaven. Well, some of us have one of them things you <laughs> polo sticks amen I want you to pray for me get all these devils off of me God send more devils till they stop asking for me to get the devils off and they rise up and they make the devil leave now, I don't pray that. I don't worry. I don't pray that over you. But it's not that I didn't want to. Make the devil leave me. You make the devil leave you. You make the devil leave you. That's a lot of work, you lazy thing. I'm going to have to get some scriptures. And I'm going to have to get some tapes. I'm going to have to be at church more than once a month. 
and, and just Easter. You're asking a lot out of me. Oh, no. No, no. He's called you and appointed you. Amen. I'm getting to preaching here, and I wanted to stay to teaching. The word discipline means self-control. Self-control. The word discipline means our priorities are in order. Well, pastor, don't look for me in October because this hunting season. Discipline. There's other days to hunt. But the Sabbath is for the Lord. Okay? Priorities are in order. The word discipline means control over mental, emotional, and physical areas of our life. Control. Say that word with me. Control. That, that word's not used too much today, but it's in the Word of God. Control. Control over our mental and emotional and physical areas of life. The word discipline. Write this down. I've been teaching it on Sundays, and it came out in the Greek. The word discipline means on the lookout for distractions. On the lookout. I, to, I told you Sunday, David was distracted. He took his eyes off of God. And he turned him on a very beautiful woman, the Bible says. He was distracted. And it cost him a whole year in his calling. And it cost him years of suffering and pain. Watch out for distractions. It means obedient to priorities. Not only priorities are in order. That Greek word means to be obedient to the priorities. Now I'm just... I'm writing down my priorities. Okay, are you obedient to them? Oh, I didn't get to there yet. Okay, it's time to go to second base. Obedient to priorities. And then it means to be strict and self-impose certain rules on ourselves. You can't come against smoking and put a big tax on cigarettes if you're a smoker. And when they ask the president... Do you smoke in front of your family? No, I'll go hide. Well, what else do you do when you go hide? If you, you can't let your daughters and your wife see you smoke, what else that, can you not let the nation see you do? The word discipline means self-imposed rules upon ourselves. I'm going to read the word daily. I'm going to pray. And, and, and this word there means to... Uh, what the emotions don't want, I'm going to make myself do no matter what. Self-imposed rules and regulations. Anything in excess becomes burdens, hindrings from freely running the race God has called us to. Amen. Look with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 27. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Thank you, dear. Whoa, what a girl. What a girl. I like that. 1 Corinthians 9, 27. Hallelujah. Now look at this. I got to finish this first point. Yep, I'll just get to the first point. Look at this. It says, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Least... Doesn't the Bible says in 2 Corinthians that we're supposed to take imaginations and thoughts and bring it under control? Thoughts, imaginations. Paul says, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Least, 
when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. This word discipline in the Greek also means I beat myself in the face until it swells. I want to prepare so much for this match that I want to prepare myself in every way possible. And it means I'm going to beat myself in the face until it's swollen. This is what the Amplified Bible says. Listen to the Amplified. It says, but like a boxer, I buffet my body, handle it roughly, discipline it by hardships and subdue it. For fear that after proclaiming to others the gospel and things that pertain to it, I myself should become unfit, not stand the test, be unapproved and rejected as a counterfeit. My God. You don't think that brought me down to my knees? It brought me down to my knees. The one thing I don't want to hear the Father say, by the time on the mission field, the 10 years now here in Central Louisiana, that I'd be found a counterfeit. That I stand before God in front of all of you and all the countries and all the people I've known, and in front of all the people, my name be called out and say, Russell Cobb is a counterfeit. He's unapproved and he's unfit. Depart from me. I never knew you. But Lord, I did... Uh, I don't want to hear your resume. I've seen your works. He says, I buffet my body. I handle it roughly. I discipline it by hardships and subdue it for fear that after proclaiming it, I become unfit, stand, not stand the test, be unapproved and rejected as a counterfeit. Discipline means um, I am working while others are wasting their time. The word discipline says, I am working while others are wasting their time. Well, you know, I don't see any need for reading seven chapters a day in the Word of God, two in the Old, two Psalms, one Proverbs, and two in the New. I don't see any reason for reading that much. I don't see any reason for going to church that much. I don't see any reason having to listen to preaching on TV or the radio or tapes. I don't see any reason. You know, that's just being a fanatic. No, that's being a boxer who don't want to get knocked out in round one. Discipline. I'm working while others are wasting their time. Amen? Then the second word is purpose, but we'll get to that next week. Okay? Okay? Because the word discipline... I discipline myself. We've got to discipline ourselves. We've got to say no to the body. We've got to say no to our imaginations. We've got to say no to our thoughts. We've got to say no to the enemy. If, if David would have said no and been like Joseph and ran away from the woman, even though it cost him two more years in prison, or more than that, he still ended up prince over Egypt. And so whatever the price is, listen, I'm not looking for the easy way out there's hardships there's difficulties there's problems I could I've been told how to even make there's books on how to make the ministry easy you can subscribe to messages already written for you you can counsel Sunday night and Wednesday night and 
have it easy. Make the same money and not, not, not worry about working so hard and getting messages. Why pray so much? People don't appreciate what you do anyway. People leave. They, people come. People are going to gossip. People are going to get mad. People are going to tell you all. Things are going to happen. People are going to lie about you. Why go through all that? If they're going to do it anyway, why not make it easy on yourself? You know why? Because it'd be easy on me. I'll end up messing up and making a flop out of myself or something else. I've got to pray. I've got to study. I've got to write messages. I've got to seek God. You've got to pray hard. You've got to seek God hard. Because if you had it easy, if everything was just given to you real easy, you wouldn't pray fast or, or, or worry a whole lot. You'd just go to bed at night and say, Thank you, Lord, for all my blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> Wake up the next morning and you're ready. You have your eggs and grits and hot coffee and everything's just great and hallelujah, life is awesome. You wonder, why do my wife and I fight so hard? John Wesley said, if, I, if it wasn't for a mean wife that pushed me to my knees constantly, I would have never been the preacher that I am. That's what John Wesley said. His wife was mental. No, really, John Wesley, who wrote all these books and sermons and songs, his wife was mental. She was mean. She was abusive. He had every reason to leave her. But instead of leaving her, you know what he did? He thanked God for a mental, abusive animal of a wife. Because it made him pray and seek God. If there's something we don't like, we change wives, change husbands, change churches, change jobs, change anything. But he thanked God for the hardship. Paul says, I prayed for this devil to leave me. Must have been his wife. <laughs> I prayed for this devil to leave me. But what did the Spirit tell me? My grace is sufficient for you. I'm not taking this thorn away from you. I'll make you grow stronger through all this. So that I can make you what I need you to be. Because I know you're deep down. You want to run this race. Amen? Now, in case some of you are wondering if I have a devil of a woman, no, I don't have a devil of a woman, no. I'm not saying that. Don't misjudge. I may be a devil of a husband. Make her pray. She looks like she's hurting, huh? But church, we've got to discipline ourselves. Because I'm going to read to you next week that before you were born, he had a purpose for you. And that purpose is all about God and it's not about me. And, and let me just end with this story. When I go to Argentina, I worked 14, my wife and I worked 14 years in Argentina. And we went through some hardship and some suffering down there. And we started this church with eight people with different colored lawn chairs. I led the worship. I preached. Shar and I preached. We, we did everything. The church grew. We raised money. They were able to buy land and build a building. And when I go down there, I don't introduce myself or I don't talk about the sacrifices my wife and I did for that building. But it hurts me when I hear them calling my associate pastor and all that pastor does. And my mind goes back thinking, you know, 
we made the way for him to be where he is today. But for me to voice that would defeat the purpose of God. Because what God is doing in Argentina is not because of me. It's really not even because of the leadership we raised up. It's all because of what God is doing so that God get all the glory. And when we went over there and we dedicated the building, we both got up there and we praised the pastors. We talked about how wonderful and how awesome they are. And we never said what we did or the sacrifices we made or I never said, I started this work. I always said, I just get up and I say, this pastor is an awesome man of God and he is doing an awesome work. And part of me would hurt inside because I know what her and I paid to build that and build the other ministries. But that's not the purpose of God is not lifting us up. The purpose of God is building his kingdom. And so uh, you have to learn discipline to get into purpose. Because if you don't know discipline, when you get into purpose, you'll mess it up and wreck it. And the same purpose you were born for, you will kill. You will kill it and destroy it. Because you didn't learn the discipline to complete the purpose. And so many people say... Why isn't God using me where I want to be, where I know he wants me to be used? Because you would destroy it, hurt it, and kill it if he'd put you there today. So after you have suffered a little while, and after we have learned discipline, and after we have learned self-control, and after we have died to self to where the purpose is not about me, the purpose is about the one who called me from my mother's womb that I will be able to serve my generation and the generations to come. Because I didn't have to have my name on any building or any land or even in any paperwork. The ministry in Argentina doesn't even have my name on it and we started that work. But it doesn't even have my name on it. Because I'm not the pastor. Alberto Diaz is the pastor. And it's in his name. The money was in his name. Why? I had to learn self-control. I don't have to control there. That's God's. I don't have to control here. It's God's. And I'm not lifting me up because there's been difficult times. But I share the part about discipline because every one of us have a purpose. And if we're going to complete His purpose and be accepted and approved by God, we've got to learn discipline. We've got to learn discipline. Amen. So would you stand up and we're going to pray. You may be going through something in your life. God may be convicting you about certain TV shows or how much TV you watch or how much you go or how much you spend, how much you eat, how much you do, how much you don't do. And you wonder, you know, that's not really important. Listen, we tell our kids all the time what they say not important in school. It's all important because it all adds up into an education. Whatever you're going through just right now, just close your eyes and bow your head and ask the teacher, the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the guide, the teacher to guide and lead us into all truth. Whatever areas we may call insignificant and not important, the areas of not speaking up, not telling someone something when we think we should and the Holy Spirit is telling us to be swift to hear, slow to speak. 
different areas of our life that the Holy Spirit's been speaking to us about, convicting us about, uh, things we've been hearing about how we should act or not act, do or not do. These are all disciplines, not only for our good, but for the purpose that is coming. That His kingdom be established. His reputation in His name be glorified. That He be honored. That He be the Father that is not ashamed of His children. Or His children does not make their Father ashamed, but makes their Father proud. And our heart tonight is to make our Heavenly Father proud. That we are approved of God. That we have studied to show ourselves approved. We have prayed hard to be approved and see others that we love approved. We have sacrificed personally and in the areas of family. We have, we have sacrificed in many areas to be approved of the one we want to serve and make him proud. We humble ourselves to you tonight, Heavenly Father. And with your son Christ, we pray, not our will be done, but thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. For thine, not mine, but thine be the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. And you love us so much that you would not put more on us than we can bear. But you know how much to put on us to make Christ and the Spirit arise within us. We pray for grace tonight, not to run from situations and circumstances, but to stand up before them in your grace, that you may perfect all things that concerns us. There are areas in our life, in this church, in this body, in this region, that you're wanting to do with your body to prepare as a chaste version for your coming. Thy will be done in our personal lives. Thy will be done in the areas of our imagination, our thoughts. Thy will be done in our homes, in our practices. Thy will be done in the areas that we have not been disciplined in so that we could come in agreement with you and walk in accord. Thy will be done in the areas that we have surrendered the fight in different areas of our life and we said, I have felt so much there's just no use in fighting in that area anymore. May a new oomph, may a new zeal, may a a stirring of the Holy Spirit come alive in each and every one of us. The areas that we we have put our hands down in surrender. The areas that our knees have gotten wobbly and the areas that our legs have gotten weak. That we are tired of running and we are tired of fighting. I pray for those listening by internet and those here and those who will listen. I pray for each and every one that may be in an area of their life where they have just totally surrendered and they have gave up that fight maybe even months or years ago. They just have given in to the temptation and now the stronghold has taken over their life. There may be those who may be thinking and feeling even right now, my life is under such a stronghold that I am not capable from even breaking it. I pray an anointing upon them and in them to arise and a new stirring and a new area of discipline and even in the hardships and trials there, there is such a passion for you to get up and to buff it and to work hard and to, and to do whatever needs to be done to pay whatever price needs to be paid that we can bring every area of our life our body, our soul and our mind under subjection that you be glorified in every area of our life we are not accepting 
of just being a comfortable, nice church. We're not accepting just passing through. Because we're not accepting the identity of just being pilgrims, but we are warriors. And we're passing through triumphantly and victoriously in this life. And you receiving the glory for the, for the war that we get a hold of and the warfare that we get into. That your name be glorified and that your name and your word be proven true even in the hardships and the trials. According to Hebrews 10, we are not of those who turn around and retreat. But we are those who stand up and say, no matter what, I will fight until the end. And I will fight until I am a victorious. And the name of Christ is as a banner lifted high, Jehovah Nisi. The Lord strong in battle and victorious. I will fight the temptation to every sin and blot. Is covered by the blood and there is no more stain but nothing but perfect snow white. I pray for a new fight to be put within your people to stand, having done there for all, to stand in the power and the might of you, O Lord. I praise you for a new sense and a new discerning of, of victory. I come against any area of weakness and any area of undisciplined areas in our lives where we have just put our hands down and not have fought it anymore. I pray that a new spirit, of, a new stirring rise up in each and every one to stand up and say, I shall stand again and I shall rise up again. Even though I have fallen, I shall rise up again and I shall start anew and I shall start afresh and I shall run this race and I shall run this race to win. Strengthen the feeble knees and lift up the hands that are cast down and receive a new strength of the Lord and in His might. And I praise you that we are walking in this area of discipline so that we can fulfill the purpose and the plan of God which is only for good. We'll give you the praise and the glory. And you shall be glorified in every life here tonight. And you shall have the trophies of victory and the devil shall lose the trophies of his victories. That he's hung before you and mocked of the weaknesses of your people. But we shall stand in our eyes as strong and mature children of the Most High God. And I'll give you praise and glory for it. In the omnipotent name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. And the church says, Amen. shout it out. Amen. Shout it strong. Let every warrior shout, Amen! Amen! Amen. Amen. Hooah! Hallelujah. We love you. We bless you. If you need prayer, we'll be here to pray with you. Fight the good fight of faith. We bless you in Jesus' name. If you need prayer, we'll be here to pray with you. If not, we'll see you Sunday. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Amen.